Hey everybody, this is Maggie. And this is Amber. And this is Crime Country. Tonight we have a special guest with us. Say hi. Hello everybody. That's Spencer. He's my husband. And he's going to be going through Nebraska with us this week. Woohoo. All right. So, Nebraska was the 37th state to join the great U.S. of A. And also the 37th state by population. There are about 1.9 million people in the state of Nebraska. And Nebraska is made up of two land regions. The dissected Till Plains and the Great Plains. I think that means Nebraska is just flat, flat, and more flat. Stereotypically, I believe so. I didn't know there was multiple types of planes. I think think they're (laughs) the same type of plane, but different name planes. I didn't research it at all, so... I always thought there was the Great Plains and the not-so-Great Plains. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, there's the the dissected till planes as well, so... Whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that means. Doesn't seem like a lot of variation in Nebraska. Um, But if you do visit Nebraska, you can visit Toadstool Geological Park, which is in the Oglala... 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 How how would you say this? O-G-L-A-L-A. Oglala? Yeah. Uh, Oglala. Oglala, that's probably better than Oglala. Uh, the Oglala National Grasslands, and it features rocks that look like toadstools, and uh, if you hike around near there, you can discover some fossils as well. You could also schedule a trip to Nebraska around the Sandhill Crane Migration, or visit the world's lo- largest ball of stamps in Boystown, Nebraska. Ball of stamps. <laughs> So Nebraska did not disappoint when it came to weird laws. Are you guys ready? Oh, yay. (laughs) Heck yeah. My favorite part of the podcast. (laughs) Literally, after the first link I checked for weird laws, I was like, those can't be real. And I left that website and went to a different one because they're so ridiculous. All right. I'm intrigued. So in Nebraska, it is illegal to fly a plane while drunk. Makes sense. You would think that that's illegal everywhere? You'd hope, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that's illegal everywhere. Come on. Um, whale fishing is illegal in Nebraska. No way. Is there even a whale in Nebraska? It's a landlocked state. There's literally no whales in Nebraska. Like, well, not anymore. <laughs> they poached them all, apparently. Not anymore. Is there, like, land whales or <laughs> water whales? There's not even a whale at an aquarium in Nebraska. Like, there's no whales in Nebraska, but it's a law. (laughs) Alrighty then. Um, If a child burps in church in Nebraska, their parents could be arrested. Wow. How do you stop your kid from burping in church? You beat them. Or anywhere. (laughs) You hit them really hard. Oh, sorry, I have this little child and it just burped and spit up and you're going to arrest me? My bad. has to cry all the whole service because if I give it a bottle, it's going to burp. So, sorry everyone. I think you just don't go to church in Nebraska. Um, <laughs> it's illegal for bar owners to sell beer uh, <laughs> uh, unless they're simultaneously brewing a kettle of soup. Oh, what? okay. <laughs> I wonder right. how many bars have, like, the best soup ever. Oh, I bet you're right. I Probably. bet there's some bomb soup in Nebraska. But who wants to drink beer and eat soup? Oh, my God. You'd be so <laughs> full. Because oh. I imagine it's a big hearty soup. Yeah. Though. 
What's a corn? <laughs> Maybe like a beef stew would be good with a beer. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I guess know. that's the point. <laughs> so you don't drink too many beers. I guess. I don't know. Uh, and lastly, persons with gonorrhea may not marry in Alaska or in Nebraska. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Nebraska. Those were delightful. <laughs> All the other STDs, though, like, whatever. <laughs> Chlamydia, you're good. Fine. No big deal. <laughs> Just go on with your bad self. Also, I know years ago, people used to have to take an STD test before they got married. Like, it was part of the process of getting your marriage license. Hmm. Like, everywhere or where? A lot of places. I don't know if it was huh. everywhere, but a lot of places was like that. I mean, I would hope that if you're marrying someone, you know their sexual situation. Yeah, right? hopefully, but... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Nebraska. Join us for the ride. All right, all right, all right. All right, Amber, you go first this week, right? Did I go first last week? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I am going to educate you on Dwayne Earl Pope. This is probably one of the older cases that I've done so far, I think. Well, maybe not really. I looked at his year that he was born, and that's why I thought that, <laughs> but it's really not that old. I think I almost did this one, so I think I saw a brief summary of him, but didn't look into him too much. Well, it's pretty interesting what I thought it was. So it's definitely not, a, it's one of the lighter cases, even though it's not really light. Oh, okay. You know? so, <laughs> I mean, it's not really much lighter, but there's not a bunch of like gore and like <laughs> rape and weirdo creepy stuff. Okay, so we don't get the details of the bad stuff so much. Right. Just the intrigue around it. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, Dwayne Earl Pope, he was born on February 8th in 1943. And so he grew up in Kansas. I don't know how far the vicinity of his like hometown is from Nebraska. But the actual crime happens in Nebraska. So that's why we're learning about him. <laughs> cool. So he grew up in a small farm town in Kansas. I actually didn't even write down the name of the town, but okay. I just put a small farm town. So they lived on like 160 acres. Wow. Um, so when he grew up, he was really into like farm stuff. He was basically a farm boy because that's what he grew up. So he was really into farming and guns and all kinds of those types of things. He liked tractors and all the farm stuff. Country so, boy. Yeah. And obviously he grew up on a farm. So, I mean, that's pretty typical that he would be interested in those types of things. So he was one of eight siblings. So he had a pretty big family. Yeah. Holy cow. Um, yeah. So he was really into, during school, like younger years, high school, middle school, those years, he was really into extracurricular activities he played sports um he was really like active in those types of things in school and so he had a really good reputation like they all do when they turn out to do something terrible you know <laughs> no one ever sees it coming well my guy does not have a good reputation ever so oh well, <laughs> that works out then um so anyway he's a good student i mean he it said his um actual like academic wasn't great but he was still really active in extracurriculars and good at all those things 
seems involved. Yeah. That's good. I mean, yeah, it's what you want right. for your kids. <laughs> so he's into guns, tractors, all those things. He ends up going to college for industrial arts. And so he gets a degree in industrial arts. What does and that mean? I couldn't really tell you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> industrial art. Yeah. Swelling I didn't really look into industrial arts. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, don't, I bet it's not an artistic field at all. I think it's more like equipment based, like industrial equipment, because he was like using tractors and um, he ended up buying some tractors and bulldozers and he was going to start his <laughs> own excavation business. But so maybe it's more like not landscape, but on like the design of industrial things. Yeah, that makes sense. It could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you know, your let guess us know. is as good as mine because I did not research industrial art. But <laughs> yeah, leave it to me to ask the questions that you're obviously not going to know the answers to. <laughs> you know, you always do that, but <laughs> um, so industrial arts, he graduates, and then he buys some tractors, some bulldozers. He's thinking about starting his own excavation business, but he doesn't have a lot of money, so. He's like, has these tractors, bulldozers, and he still needs a trailer and he needs more money to kind of get his business going. So I bet so, he like starts a GoFundMe and really like sells tickets for people to buy an auction item and rally it off and goes about it to like the old fashioned raise funds way, right? Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> um, but that'd be nice. But I don't think I don't think that um, I don't think that stuff was a thing back in the day when this happened. Yeah. Because we are in 1965 when he graduates from college. Definitely no GoFundMe. So, me. No. <laughs> yeah. So he's 22 at this point when he graduates, and he decides um, after he graduates. One day, literally, like, I think the weekend or the week after he graduated, he asked his parents, and he's like, hey, can I borrow 50 bucks? I'm going to go to Oklahoma, and I'm going to go get some work. I'm going to go try and make some money. So his parents loan him $50, takes the car, and he goes, and they think he's going to Oklahoma. Well, he doesn't go to Oklahoma. He takes himself to Big Springs, Nebraska. And he was in Big Springs, Nebraska. Um, he worked there on like a farm in the wheat field one summer during college. So that's how he knows of this area. He worked in the wheat fields there. And so that was kind of when he was able to scout this place. Okay. So he's in Big Springs, Nebraska. And in Big Springs, there's the Farmer State Bank. So I bet you know where this is going. Uh, he takes out a loan. <laughs> so he attempts, well, he doesn't even attempt to. So he goes into the bank and he's like, hey, um, I'm thinking about getting a, a land or a loan because I'm a landowner and I need a loan for like my property, whatever. But before this, I need to back up. I always get ahead of myself. And I, I'm I get it. Details <laughs> that I need. Get to I the need exciting to parts. Yeah. So back at home before he leaves, like I said, he's into guns. So he has like a 22 and he has a 38, a semi-automatic pistol. And he 
uses the shops at like on the farm and at his college campus and he builds himself silencers for these guns wow and so how do you learn to do that i don't know they're simple oh really yeah (laughs) all righty then same concept as a muffler on your car same they're they're not that crazy oh okay i guess that makes sense when you put it like that yeah especially for like a foreign guy muffler yeah, right. I, I'm sure he tinkered with things his whole life and just inherently kind of knew how to make one. They're pretty, really a simple thing. Hmm. Well, so he made, he would make these silencers for his guns and then he would go back home and he would like test them out in the barn at his house so that he could see if they were really doing their job or if he needed to tweak it or whatever the case was. So he made a couple of those and he also made like a breastplate out of like a tractor blade. Wow. He was mm-hmm. kind of geared up. Yeah. So he's at home doing all these things. And that'll come into play like later on because he's obviously knows he's getting himself into something. He is planning. He's premeditating. He knows all the things that he's about to do. He's building these things and he's ready to go. Yeah. This was a planned thing, not a spur of the moment decision. Yeah. So. Now we can fast forward back to where we were in Big Springs, Nebraska. So he gets a hotel there, and then he wakes up on June 4th, 1965. He wakes up, and he gets in his car. At this point, I skipped another detail. He ditched his his car, and he rented a car. Um, so he's not driving his vehicle anymore. He's in a rental car. And that $50 is going a long way. <laughs> yeah. Did, right? Did you adjust it for inflation? Of course I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Can I real quick? Because I'm really curious. I was wondering myself. Yeah, Yeah, you should do it. Okay. And I thought about that while I was going through here. I'm like, I should adjust this for inflation. <laughs> but did I do it? Nope. I sure didn't. Adjusted for inflation, that's $416. That's still, that $416 has gone a long way in this story. Renting a car and getting a room. And I bet he got a room at, like, a cheaper hotel. And I think hotels are more expensive now than they were then, even comparatively, you know? Probably so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think that $50 went a lot further than $416 would today. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry. No, you are good. So now we know the adjusted inflation rate. <laughs> so he is just kind of making that money, getting what he needs. So get, he's got get, his rental get, car because he's in this area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so get, 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 get that paper. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, he's about to get some more paper. You both look like you're just so done with me. Like, okay, Megan. So we're June 4th, 1965. So he's in Big Springs, Nebraska. He wakes up, he gets ready from his hotel, and he drives to um, the bank. And he's kind of scouting it. He goes around the block, and he sees that there's customers in there. And so he's like, all right, well, I can't really go in there yet. So once he sees there's customers, he kind of just like does another lap, kind of waits. And then finally, when he realizes it's only the workers in there and no customers, he parks his car and he goes in and he approaches the banker and he's like, hey, 
I'm a landowner. I need a loan. Like, can you help me out? He has this briefcase that he's taking in there. And the briefcase is holding his 38 Ruger um, with his silencer on it. So that's inside his briefcase. So he takes that in and then he goes, acts like he's a paying, not a paying customer or whatever. Yeah. A customer, customer of the bank. And um, he's like, hey, I need this. And then they go sit down. And then once they get a little situated, he opens a briefcase and he pulls out his gun and he's like, hey, I need you to give me money. Like, fill my briefcase with money, whatever, whatever. Give me all the money. So there's four employees in the bank at this time. There's like the president of the bank, the bookkeeper, um, the cashier. And then there was one other person, but I don't remember what his um, actual duty was. It didn't list it out. Because I, so this not, is like a small locally owned bank, probably, if the president's there, right? Yeah, because he was the one like really kind of dealing with him and taking taking charge. So it was probably definitely a pretty small local bank. Um, but so there's the four employees in there. He gets the president first and then he's like, hey, give me the money. And then he goes, makes his rounds and they fill his briefcase with money. So you'll probably have to adjust this for inflation too, <laughs> the amount that he gets. Um so he ends up with about $1,600 in the story. So how much money is that today? $13,000. Oh, wow. $13,329. Well, that's a pretty decent amount. Yeah. But um, back then, I mean, $1,600. I guess it was a lot back then. But I mean, right now, like, you're going to go, like, rob a bank for $1,600? Especially because bank robbery is like a federal crime and you're going to do like 20 years at least. Yeah. And you never make enough money. Like bank robberies, they get like five grand usually tops. Yeah, not very much. Yeah, not at all. It's way too risky and you could get like money with the ink and then you could just get fucked and not get to use your money anyway. Yeah, and there's cameras everywhere anymore. So it really is like, how are you going to get away with it? Well, he thought he was going to. Well, back so then, when, <laughs> it's more likely yeah. at least. Middle of Nebraska. Yeah. yeah there's a chance. And there's no yeah, cameras. There's not. If you were going to rob a bank, the 60s would have been a much better time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so once he gets all the money in his suitcase, he tells all the workers, he's like, hey, get down on the ground, face down, and don't move. Once they're all down on the ground, he proceeded to go through the line of people and just shot them execution style no. in their neck and like back. Jesus. Yeah. So they're just helpless laying there face down but and he's just going through. Dude, you already got the money. Them. Why? I don't know. Because he wanted to make sure that he killed all the witnesses so that they couldn't identify him. Gross. So there was the bank president and I don't know how to say this last name. His name was Andreas Hedgegaard. It's K-J-E-L-D-G-A-A-R-D. Yeah. Wow. Jelgard? Like, do you just, is the K silent? Oh, it's silent K? I I would think it is, yeah. Like Nudsen? Oh, Jelgard? Jelgard? Yeah. Icelandic kind of name, maybe? And we're probably, it's probably like Polish or something. That's smart. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. I have no idea. Oh, there's like Reykjavik. I, I don't even know how you say it, but there's like J's and K's. And 
looks like Reg Reykjavik in English, but I think it's called Reykjavik or something. In Iceland. I don't know. Hmm. Jalgard, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. So I'm just not going to say it. (laughs) So um, Andreas or Andy, he was referred to. But he was the bank president. He was 77. And so he was one of the Hmm. victims. And then the cashier was Glenn Hendrickson. Um, He was 59. And then the bookkeeper was Lois Ann Hoffman. And she was 35. And then the last person the fourth victim was franklin Gelgard. it was the i think it was just the nephew to the president okay um and so he was 25 and he actually survived oh. however he was paralyzed for the rest of his life because Jeez. of where he got shot so after all the shootings happened then Dwayne pope goes on his merry way and Franklin is actually able to kind of sound the alarm so the cops come and that's how he kind of survives because they get there and they're able to kind of get him taken care of. Good for so him. He, like, Jesus, after being shot, being able to yeah. even hit an alarm or something? Like, geez. No kidding. Ugh. So one one survivor and then the three victims that were, were dead on the scene, like, they died immediately. Um there was really no chance for them. That's so senseless. Anybody got there. That sucks. And so um, after this, Dwayne's like hustling out of there and he ends up driving so fast and he hits like a bump or something. And so he ends up getting a hole in the gas tank of this rental car. Wow. (laughs) And I have no idea what he hit, but it just said like he was, going so fast and just driving erratically and he hit something and there was like a hole in the gas tank so good (laughs) (laughs) he's trying to go on his way and while he's driving he's driving fast he's taking apart his gun he's tossing the silencer he's tossing his gun like he's just out of there and he even took the license plates off the car at one point and then once he got to a certain area he put them back on he so really he really like taking all the all the stops. Yeah. Um, and then he tries to stop for gas because obviously he's like losing gas, <laughs> and so he tries to stop for gas. And he had a card, like a credit card or a debit card or whatever, and it got declined. So the gas station was like, "We're not going to accept your card. Sorry." And he's so, like, "I have cash." Yeah. <laughs> But he didn't he didn't think that fast. So he gets some sort of rag, probably like one of those like red like mechanic rags that you have, and he shoves that in the hole in the gas tank. And then he goes on down the road and he goes to another gas station and he ends up paying cash. Because he's like, Well, fuck, my card doesn't work, so I guess I gotta (laughs) use cash. He probably couldn't get cash out of the suitcase without them seeing it just being full of cash. So he probably was like, well, I can't do that in front of them. I got to go somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. But so he's just like all over the place and people obviously see this. So he's spotted by people and he's acting weird and doing all this weird stuff. He really planned it, but he wasn't ready for that adrenaline rush of... Yeah, no, <laughs> and then he's just like throwing stuff out the window, the silencer, the gun, his handmade breastplate, whatever, whatever else he was trying to get rid of. Um, so 
he ends up taking his rental car and he goes and he takes the money back to his parents. He doesn't go like see the parents. He just like drives money there and he puts like 150 bucks in the mailbox and like leaves a note and the note's like, hey dad, here's the 50 bucks to pay you back. Can you deposit the other hundred into my bank account? I can't have my <laughs> card keep declining like that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So he's like, here's the money. Here's what I owe you. <laughs> and then can you just put this in my bank account? Okay, thanks. See you later. And so, <laughs> I just robbed a bank. I'm not going to give you any of the money. Just what I owe you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So he, he, I guess in his head, made it right. But... <laughs> Whatever. So. I'm sure his parents weren't expecting like interest, but oh yeah, yeah. But they also weren't <laughs> expecting him to rob a bank. Yeah, what's so the least you could do? Yeah. So after he goes and he returns his rental car, he drops the money off at his parents, and then he is still on the run because obviously, I mean, people saw him. He needs to get the heck out of Dodge so he doesn't get hot, get, get hot, get caught. <laughs> I was like, get what? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so he ends up going to where does he go? He goes somewhere in Kansas, and then he travels by like a bus to somewhere, and then he travels by a plane. Basically, he makes his rounds from like El Paso and Fort Worth in Texas, and then he ends up in Tijuana, Mexico, and he's just all over the place. And he's That's just crazy. living it up doing whatever he wants. He goes to like a bullfight while he's in Mexico <laughs> and then he comes back and then he ends up in Vegas and he's like gambling and doing his thing in Vegas. That money is not going to last that long. Yeah, no. no, it's not going to last very long at all. But so he's just living it up. And then so at this point, we're at like June. I don't know exactly what day, but so the, the crime happened on June 4th. By June 11th, he ends up um, surrendering himself. He turns hmm. himself in because... That's a week. That's crazy. Yeah, because while he was out and about doing all of his stuff, he appeared in the FBI's 10 most wanted list for one day. So Well, he killed a bunch of people. Interesting. <laughs> um, he went a lot of places in a week. Yeah. yeah, he was all over the place. That's crazy. And, like, traveling by bus is, like, not quick. No, that was a full day. So, I mean, <laughs> he must have just been exhausted. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> He was all over the place. Um, but while he's out and about, he sees this appeal from the president of the college that he went to. And... Basically, kind of saying, like, we know it's you, just come forward. And so, once he sees that, that's when he's like, oh crap. What a like, I'm busted. Like, I need to, I need to figure my stuff out. And so, he returns back to Kansas City. And then, when he's in Kansas, he calls the cops or the FBI. I think it was, yeah, it was the cops. So, he calls the cops and he's like, hey, I'm at this hotel. This is my room number. Like, I did this. Come get me. Like, I'm here. And so the cops show up. The door's wide open. Like, he doesn't put up a fight. He's just like, hey, I'm here. 
they get there, he stands up and he puts his hands on the wall and they arrest him and they go on about their business. Um, and they don't, the cops don't even end up booking him or anything. They basically like just tell him, Hey, you don't have to talk to us because whatever you say can be used against you. Like <laughs> they were really lax that. about his Miranda rights. No, they were in the story that I read. Like they were super relaxed about it. And he was just like, Hey, you don't have to talk to us, but you know, whatever you say can be used against you. So. <laughs> yeah. You, like, you don't need to talk to us. The FBI will be here soon. You're surrendering. Yeah. We're just like, whatever, bro. We'll go through the motions. <laughs> you don't have to exactly. talk to us. Like we might use it against you later. You know, just, <laughs> you know yeah. the deal. <laughs> it sounded like it was pretty nonchalant. And I was like, all right, oh, cool. And so basically he was just like, yeah, yeah, yada, yada. I know. I got it. Thanks. So the cops don't even book him. They just pass him off to the FBI. And then um, they immediately like start doing their stuff, like trying to get whatever information they can out of him. And he ends up um, confessing. He provides two confessions. Like one is a, a short one that doesn't go into a bunch of details. And then the second one, so the first one's like six pages and then the second one is like 19 pages and he goes into all the details, like the ins and the outs. Oh, wow. Um, I bet that was for of, his guilty plea. Because when you plead guilty, you have to give them all of the details of the crime. Huh. Like it's part of the deal. Huh. Yeah. But so they got him. He basically tells them everything they want to know. And then he ends up getting convicted in 1960 of, um, oh my gosh, I'm the worst at taking notes. <laughs> well, that I, was five years before he did the robbery, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, I'm the worst at taking notes. I literally wrote this down and highlighted it, and then when I'm going through, and I do this every single time, <laughs> every single time when it gets to the nitty-gritty of the actual date, I'm like, oh yeah, it's um, this one day. <laughs> cool. You just get excited okay. and lose your place. It's okay. I found it. Found it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so prepared. I got all my notes right in front of me. And then we get down to it. And then I get lost in my paper. And then I'm like, oh, shit. It's this date. It just means you're invested in the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think if I was, I would be able to keep these things straight. But <laughs> no, I'm not that great at it. Um, so June 11th is when he got kind of taken in and then that was 1965 and wow. So he got sentenced really quickly because I noted that he was sentenced to death in 1965 by the U S district court. Wow. So there was no jury. It was just the court, um, that he was sentenced. I'm surprised because usually if you like plead guilty though, but I guess he just, confessed and yeah he just totally admitted he didn't get a deal he just was like i did it okay and they're like yep we're going for death expedited his death yeah <laughs> basically um and then again he was sentenced to death in 1970 and that was in front of a jury so so he must have appealed like, the death penalty the first time for it to go back i guess maybe i don't i don't really understand how it was just the court and then it went to jury but he was sentenced both times yeah interesting so um that happened but in 1972 i think it was 
the two sentences or whatever were commuted to life in prison by the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. Because I guess back then or something, they didn't. They temporarily, like, um, got rid of the death penalty nationwide. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so, one of my other cases earlier on, I think it might have been Utah, actually, but um, did the same thing. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, so then it was just commuted to life in prison. Um, and then a little bit while he was in prison, while he was incarcerated, he ended up getting married to his girlfriend from college. And what they the were fuck? married from... 1978 to 1983. What? Hmm. Like, how? I don't know. Well, how but... is she so invested in him? Like, you have no future with this man. I don't know. He had money, she thought. <laughs> <laughs> he had, like, $600 at yeah. one point in time. <laughs> right. Which was, like, uh, And then 9, I was going to look up more information about her, well, but 1600. I didn't. Oh, I forgot the name. But, so, he got married, and that's Cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> That's cool, I guess. But I just don't understand. Like, he'd already been in there for quite a while. And, like, if they were college, like, boyfriend and girlfriend, I don't know. Yeah, didn't she just stay with him the whole time? Like, I don't. That's so confusing. Yeah. So, um, another thing that I thought was interesting because there was a lot you know of. What? Maybe. She was really ugly. Maybe. <laughs> I just Google a photo of her and see if there's a photo of Is her. there a picture? Let's see. That's so rude of me. But why Why else? I just don't understand. She's in her, or young, her early 20s. Yeah, I don't know. He's the only guy in college that looked her way ever. Like, really? Come on. Have some self-esteem, lady. Well, have you ever watched that show that I tell you? No. Life After Lockup? I don't have I don't have anything that it shows on. Uh, I have to pay for a different service to watch it. That show <laughs> will rot your brain. I want to see it, <laughs> but it's so bad. It's so bad that it's so good. It's called Life uh, After Lockup, and it's these people who started dating someone while they're in prison, and then mm -hmm. the show records that person getting out of prison and their relationship. Mm. Yeah, it's um. It's pretty crazy. Facebook showed me um, the preview for it once, and I was like, I need to watch this, but I don't have it. It's not on Hulu or Netflix or Disney Plus, yeah. so I just don't have it. Disney Plus. <laughs> Weirdly enough, that's not one of their shows. Uh, all right. Well, I can't find a picture of her, so I don't know what she looks She's like. probably pretty with low self-esteem. That's a weird thing. Yeah. It happens in a lot of cases, the high-profile cases. Yeah, but it is so weird that people are like weirdly obsessed and you're like, I want to marry you. So but I, I feel like it's different when they start writing a letter to someone in prison because they obviously like that excitement. She was dating him before he went to prison and knew he murdered three people. She knew he did it because he confessed and she knew she'd never have a future with him because he was on death row. So it just doesn't make any sense at all. She yeah. wasn't one of those people who sought him out after he was in prison. I don't know. Well, she was obviously very dumb <laughs> and thought maybe he had money or something. She went to college to find a husband, and she did that, goddammit. No one can say she didn't find a husband. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, so they both got their husband and wife before they died, at 
deceased. And he's still alive, I'm pretty oh, sure. Um, I forgot that his sentence got converted. So you said they were yeah. married until 80-something. So she did eventually divorce him? She what? Married and divorced him? Yeah, you said they were married until like yeah. 80, 80-something. Okay. 83. Mm-hmm. So she met someone else finally. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, all right, well, this guy's never getting out. So that was fun, but I need, <laughs> <laughs> I need something else. She came to. She realized this was a bad idea. Yeah. So Dwayne Earl Pope is still alive, incarcerated, and his next parole review date is actually September 2026. Wow, that's soon. Mm-hmm. That's next week. Oh, 2026. Next week. 2020. <laughs> you said I mean, September 2020. Next week plus six years. Yep, that's yeah. right. You said September uh-huh. 20, 2026. There was a lot of 20s. I got confused. <laughs> Yeah. It I sounded think, like I 2020. Think it's fine. Next week um, plus six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got to be old by now. He was born in the 30s? He's 43. So he's 77 now? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was real so, fast math I just did. He's getting Seems up there. Hardly worth it to go for uh-huh. parole at that point. Yeah, exactly. And he might actually um, release. No, he killed three people. I doubt they ever release him. No, I don't think that he'll ever get out. I don't think so, but who knows? I mean, they do crazy stuff. So, (laughs) who knows? Um, But one thing that I thought was pretty interesting is, um, oh, also, and even if he gets parole, he it says if he's ever granted federal parole, he'll begin serving three life sentences. So I don't think he'll ever get out. Yeah, Mm. the state has. He will not be him. No matter what. Okay, so he probably doesn't even show up for his parole hearings. Yeah, he's probably like, eh, it's a lost cause. Yeah. I'm going to be here regardless, so whatever. But one of the things that I did think was super interesting is that his defense, at some point, they tried to claim insanity. And they were like, well, he has to be insane because um, there was no, absolutely no motive for doing this. Money. Yeah. This and that. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe there was no motive, but there was motive because he needed money to get a trailer for his excavation business and he premeditated the whole thing. He yeah. knew exactly what the hell he, he was planned do. it out. He didn't snap because he was crazy. I love that defense when you hear that they're just like, He's gotta be crazy. Would a sane person do this? And it's like Nice try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they said it was a schizophrenic reaction. No, it yeah. was not a schizophrenic reaction. You're out of your goddamn mind. But, I mean, he confessed, so they really didn't have any other defense. They had to come up with something. Yeah. A but public defender. How could, you, how could you be like a defense attorney and just like grab for straws like that? Like, you gotta how do could, something. You can't just be, be like, okay with yourself. he's guilty. Let him know. Mm. <laughs> I, I think know. some defense attorneys know they're going to lose, but they have to put on a defense. So even like if they know it's bad, they just don't invest that much time into it. Yeah. I don't know. I just would find it hard. That's probably why I'm not a defense attorney because I would find it hard to just. Like, if I knew in my right mind that someone that I was supposed to be defending was guilty, I wouldn't be able to, like, go in front of a bunch of people and try to smooth talk them and be like, hey, yeah. well, 
this guy, blah, blah, blah. Like, nope, he's guilty as fuck. It's interesting about defense attorneys, like, um, what are they called that are just assigned to you? Court-appointed? Yeah, court-appointed defense attorneys, because I feel like a lot of them probably go into it because they know how... Okay, probably not even a lot of them, but I hope some of them go into it because they know how, like, poor people don't get a fair shake in the legal system yeah, and, and minorities and all that stuff. And so hopefully there's some good court-appointed defense attorneys that realize, like, some of their people are going to be guilty, but some of them aren't, and some of them are really going to need somebody that fights for them. Right. Uh, even if they can't afford it. Because you have money, you're more likely going to get off, period. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's money just, talk. For exactly. Sure. And just because you're poor doesn't mean you deserve to go away for something you didn't do because you couldn't afford mm-hmm. a good lawyer. And that happens more often than it should. Oh, yeah, that happens mm-hmm. definitely way more often than it should. It's sad. I think it's more of a stepping stone for a lot of them, though. Yeah. The, the po- court appointed um, yeah. attorneys. Or just the really shitty ones that have been um, admonished for something, gotten in trouble for breaking rules, or fired from their firm, firm, and then can't get a job at another firm. So they're just kind of putting in time as a public defender until they can move somewhere better. So there's a lot of yeah. shitty ones. Sucks. Yeah. Because they can't be making good money. No, I'm sure they're not. Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah. Like minimum wage for sure. Interesting. But that yeah. is Dwayne Earl Pope. He said he was one of eight kids, right? Yeah. So his parents <laughs> had other kids that might have not been disappointments. Yeah, they had a, <laughs> a lot to not disappoint. They just won in eight. Probably one. Off, Only guess, one murder. Right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, wait till you hear my story. Okay, well. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. Um, so funny story. Uh, you know that podcast, Let's Go to Court? So I'm part of their Patreon, and they have this Discord, so it's like a 90s chat room type deal that you get to join if you're a part of the Patreon. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. And uh, they started a new channel on it for, like, podcast recommendations. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I know this is, like, totally lame to promote myself, but this is my podcast. And... One of the hosts was like, oh, we totally support self-promotion. Like, fuck yeah. And then somebody was else commented and she was like, oh, I've been listening to the first couple episodes and I am really enjoying it so far. Uh, but I, I have a question. Is Kick Rocks a saying? Kick Rocks? Out yeah. West. Out West. She was like, is Kick Rocks a saying out West? And I was like, where where are you from? Like, are you from the U.S.? Yeah. Or like, right. does she mean out west, but like America? Because I would be surprised if I told if I said that to somebody, and they were like, "Wait, what?" Well, she was like, "I get, <laughs> I get the gist yeah, she of understood it, the context, but, but I've never heard that before." And I was like, "Yeah, like I, I that's interesting. I thought everybody would know that, but I don't say it. Hilarious. You say it. She knew pound sand. <laughs> oh, I say it all the fucking time. Kick rocks. Yeah. Well, I never say kick rocks. That's a common." term in my life i know it's a common term i just never no just like me and people i work with like they told him to kick rock like i hear that all the time amber says it i I think i can think of like the exact moment you said it in the podcast because it was like the first or second episode that she heard you say it in uh and yeah i don't remember what you were saying but you were you say ah was she like kick rocks or something (laughs) 
I was like, that's interesting. Apparently, it's not a state. She lives in really northern Indiana. Oh, well, I feel like Indianans should say kick rock. She asked yeah. her fiance, and he recognized the sound. And I was like, well, do you hear the sound? The <laughs> phrase. The sound of English. The sound of those words. He knows <laughs> He knows both of those words. Rock? <laughs> kicks? Uh-huh. Rock? Yes. <laughs> so he knew the phrase. And then I was like, well, what about, like, pound sand? Like, that's a similar thing. And she was like, oh, yeah, no, like, I've heard of that. But Pound sand? Kick rocks, pound sand. I don't, I've never heard pound sand. Yeah, and I definitely have, yeah. Huh. So that's new to me. Is <laughs> that like the best thing? <laughs> pound sand? I don't say either of those things. So I, like I have said them both in the last like, six months at least a few times. Like, eh, pound sand. Like, uh, get out oh. of here, hit the road. Oh, Kick okay. That's synonymous. Yeah, like, okay. like hit the road. You'll pound sand under your feet while you hit the road. Cause well, you kick rocks. Got it. Yeah, and kick rocks on the way while you're yeah, pounding right. the sand. It, it's a common topic of conversation in my life. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, they told those contractors to kick rocks. They told them to pound sand or whatever. Like, it's a common thing that's constantly talked about. Perhaps that's why it's said. Like, I hear it a lot. Pound sand can pound sand. Oh. Sounds kind of dirty. Pound sand, yeah. I'm going to go fuck the beach. <laughs> is, that, is that when you quit your job? <laughs> yeah. Sex oh. with a really old lady. Sex on the... Oh, sick. Yeah. Pound sand. Ew. <laughs> I mean, am I right or am I right? Uh. Oh man! And then if she doesn't like it, but she might kick your ass. So. And then, oh, sex on the beach. I mean, <laughs> time for one of those, I guess. <laughs> yep. Let me just have, have sex on the beach. Yeah. Um, whatever that is, whatever that drink is. Ah. Oh yeah, Maybe. sex on the beach drink is delicious. Is it fruity? It's like cranberry juice and peach schnapps yeah. and vodka, and it's delightful sounds delightful. oh so it's like a sea breeze with peach knobs pretty in it? yeah pretty much is a sea breeze just cranberry juice and vodka yes really? and lime i thought a sea breeze was... right lime optional lime yeah that's how i remember serving them i think so i think that's right it was vodka cranberry and then just lime wedge on the side not that i'm a bartender or any sort of expert in the field, but I did it a few you're, times you're as a career. You're an expert in drinking, though. So I'm really good at drinking alcohol. <laughs> but as a career, I did it a couple of nights in my life, yeah. Amber, you served bar but before yeah, you were 21, that's right? That's why I consulted you, Amber. No, not before I was 21. You were barely 21? Yeah, I was 21. I picture you as, like, 21 when we met, so everything that happened before that, you were just a baby. But you yeah. were more, like, 25 when we met. <laughs> So a sea breeze is actually cranberry and grapefruit juice. Oh, I never made one correctly then. (laughs) (laughs) I think we would do the bay breeze and the sea breeze at the country club. We didn't get real elaborate with shit, but I remember serving sea breezes a lot. I've never served drinks, but... um... And they were all wrong. Because they (laughs) were just fucking cranberry juice with lime. (laughs) I pour drinks and they're very strong. I pour drinks down my face. (laughs) You pour very strong drinks. Yes, I do. Yeah. That's not a lie. There's no fucking around in this house. <laughs> no. Okay, should we get down to business? Let's right. get down to business. Dun, dun, 
<laughs> do you even want to see the new Mulan? I do want to see it, actually. I do, too. But I don't want to pay extra money for it. Well, it's supposed to be out in, like, October sometime on Disney Plus oh. for free, so. Oh, wait. Yeah, me, see, me too. Especially because it's, like, 30 bucks. Yeah, and October's yeah. two weeks away. Um, <laughs> it looks good, but I just want it to be, like, not Mulan. Yeah, just yeah. go with their own storyline kind of thing. Yeah, because they are anyways. Like, Mulan is Mulan because of Mushu and the funny jokes, and it's like a serious war movie. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's Mushu or any of those things no. in the yeah. new one. I don't think there's any, like, of the jokes or the lucky cricket. I just call yeah. it Mu-Yan. <laughs> Sounds boring as <laughs> shit. I bet it's going to be really good, like a good action war movie. I just don't think it's going to be, like, Mulan, and it makes me sad. Yeah. But Christina Aguilera did release her song again for Mulan. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Dirty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was like, Mulan's coming out. I remember the songs I was singing at that time. No, um, what's uh, something about in the mirror? Why can't I think of the Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Reflection show. Yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's my jam. But she re-released a new version for the new movie. Oh. Yeah. That's Fun. Okay, anyways. Okay, let's get down to business. I'm talking to okay. Sorry, what? I was just going to say, now the Mulan song's going to be stuck in my head all night. Same. Yeah. Especially because I say, let's get down to business, like, regularly on That's this podcast. That's why I started singing it, because yeah. it's just a regular thing in our house. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the best soundtrack, too. Like, I sing along to every song in that movie. <laughs> anyways. Um, okay, For real really business. Down to business. I'm talking about Nico Jen- Jenkins, Nico Jenkins, uh, and basically his whole family. So, at about 5 a.m. on August 11th, 2013, a patrol officer approached a white Ford pickup truck that was parked near a swimming pool in Spring Lake Park, Omaha, Nebraska. When they got near the vehicle, they found two men, Jorge Cajiga Ruiz and Juan Uribe Pena deceased from gunshot wounds to the head inside the truck. Their pockets had been turned inside out, and they were left for dead. Eight days later, on August 19th, which is my mom's birthday, uh, around 7 (laughs) a.m., around 7 a.m., the body of Curtis Bradford was found by a man who had been returning from work uh, a night shift at work, and he came upon the body outside of a detached garage, and the body had two bullets in the back. Then three days later, August 21st, Andrea, or Andrea, probably Andrea, uh, Andrea Kruger's body was discovered around 2.15 a.m. by a police officer who was responding to a shots fired call in the area. Her body was found, yeah. That's a lot of dead bodies so far. Yeah, four, (laughs) uh, within a 10-day time frame time frame in omaha nebraska i don't think they get a lot of random murders in omaha yeah probably not but um andrea's body was found in the middle of the road with multiple bullet wounds um she had been bartending at the deja vu lounge and left work around 1 47 in the morning and her body was found around 2 15 at about 6 30 that night her car was found 12 miles away abandoned in an alley where someone had made a poor attempt at setting it on fire what the fuck was happening? Who was tormenting Omaha, Nebraska, and why? Not even two weeks before the first attack, Nico Jenkins was released from prison. Oh, boy. 
not even two weeks. Way to go, Nebraska. What, what was he in prison for the first time? We'll get there. <laughs> so, Nick, Nico Jenkins, I have a really hard time saying that name. Nico Jenkins was born September 16th, 1986 in Colorado. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be his birthday the day before we release this episode, which is just like a weird coincidence. That is weird. So, uh, happy birthday, Dico. You won't be hearing this. Um, <laughs> I don't think they listen to podcasts in prison. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, um, who knows? They have all kinds of contraband. They could have cell phones. Maybe they do. Yeah, well, that's true. I, I hope he doesn't listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Nico Jenkins first came to the attention of law enforcement when he was seven years old. Hmm. Seven? Seven years old. He brought a loaded twenty-five caliber handgun to school with him. Like you do. You know, when you were seven and you brought your mom's loaded handgun to school. Yeah, all the time. Uh-huh. Thankfully, oh my God, isn't that horrifying? Yeah, that's Jesus terrifying. Uh, thankfully, he didn't shoot anybody, but they caught him with a gun and... um. After that incident, he was briefly briefly taken out of the custody of his mother and put into a group home. He went back and forth between his mom's house, group homes, youth detention centers, until he eventually ended up in prison. When Nico was 11 years old, he was in trouble for stealing on several occasions. Um, This is also around the same time he stopped regularly attending school. So at eleven, at eleven, he basically what what grade are you fucking even in at eleven? Maybe sixth grade. Yeah. Probably fifth. Fifth like, or sixth grade. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're still in elementary school. Aye, aye, aye. When he was 12 years old, he started to show a penchant for violence, and he would repeatedly assault the other children in the group homes. He was oh. finally sent to a youth detention center for his violence, um, but he was only there briefly before being released back to his mother. But before the end of that same year, while he was still 12, he was back in a detention center for assaulting someone with a knife. Holy cow. How is someone so young in and out of detention centers like that? Like, that's crazy. He was, like, born violent. Remember how you said your guy was, like, seemed nice and everybody liked him? Nobody could have saw it coming? That's not always the case. Sometimes you see it coming. (laughs) Yeah, obviously, this guy was always coming. Yeah. So by the time he was 15 years old, he'd been in trouble countless times. He'd run away from home, group homes, detention centers, and eventually he started threatening the people around him. Even his father claimed in court documents that his son had threatened his life with a sawed-off shotgun in his own home. Oh, what the hell? 15. Jesus. Yeah. So how would he, why would he even like leave those things around that kid or in the vicinity that he could get to? I don't think he did. I don't think it was I think he I think Nico hung out with drug dealers and stuff in the oh, area. So it was just it wasn't even a gun in the home. It was just a random I think, I think. Oh my god. I don't know where he got that gun from. It I don't know. This is the only time his dad comes into if the store. If he had a sawed off shotgun he probably wouldn't have admitted he had it around the house. Yeah. It's a felony. Yeah. I mean I, I didn't see anything about where the gun came from. I just know his dad testified against him in court that he threatened his life. Yeah. Um, your dad testifies against you in court, you're probably a bag of fuck. Fifteen. Uh, so in 2001, when he's only 15, he ordered a 21-year-old man out of his black Honda Civic at gunpoint and stole the car. Shortly after that, he asked a 20-year-old woman for a ride, and she declined. So he jumped in the backseat of her car, 
brandished, brandished a shotgun and told her to drive to 22nd Street and Grand Avenue. Once they got there, he kicked her out of the car and took off in it. Yay. He's 15. Man. I would have just like been like, you know what, little kid? You can have my fucking car. Bye. Bye. You and your Get gun. <laughs> yeah. Have a joy, Red. I don't give a shit, but I don't like you in my back seat with that gun. Like, no. Yeah, no way. Jumping out of that car for sure. So he was caught shortly after both of these carjackings and sentenced to 21 years in prison. He actually probably wasn't sentenced to a full 21 years, but he got into a lot of pr- a lot of trouble while he was in prison. At one point, he got released to go to his grandmother's funeral. And while he was on release, there was like a prison guard with him. And he attacked the guard oh. at his grandma's they funeral. Should've, they should have put more than one guard on this guy. He like, attacked a prison guard at his grandma's funeral. This guy's a piece of work. He don't give a fuck, basically. <laughs> he does not give a fuck. Um, and so then another time he got more time added to his sentence for his part in a prison riot. I don't know any more details about that. So both of those added to his time. So Altogether, he was sentenced to 21 years in prison, Um, but he was released in 2013 after serving only 10 years for two carjackings, uh, an attack on a prison guard, and inciting a prison raid. You know, 10 years. Um, But he's young. So he didn't get sentenced until 2003. So he was 15 in 2001 when he did the carjackings, but he didn't actually get sentenced until 2003. So he was 17. So when he gets released, he's 27. <laughs> what the fuck? I know, right? In 10 years. And, and he's only 27. 27. That's just crazy. Yeah. While he was in prison, he got a lot of tattoos. Like a lot. Oh, and I lot. bet they're really good. I so they're good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> they're all over his face. The best oh, kind. One of those guys. All over his face. Like, this guy's so I, scary looking. I can't wait to see his photo. Yeah. Because he's scary looking. Um, Is he still, he's still alive, right? Yes. Yeah, he's still in prison. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, well, he's hopefully, us. He, no. hopefully he doesn't like get out age. again. He was 15 in 2001, so that means he was born in okay. 86. He's slightly but older he's than like us. Three years older than age. <laughs> Yeah, he's the same age as your husband. Yeah. And he's done all these things. He came out of prison looking scary. While he was in prison, he told authorities that he suffered from mental health issues, and he says that he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, bipolar, and obsessive-compulsive disorder when he was in prison. But anytime they offered him any sort of medication, he would not take it. He refused to take any medication. And there's no proof he actually was diagnosed with any of those things either. And if he was, I'm pretty sure they would, like, make him take medication if it was necessary. Like, they force that stuff down you. I have no idea, but he refused to take any medication that was ever offered to him, and there's no proof he was ever diagnosed with those specific things. He obviously had some, like, anger management issues and probably some sort of, like, uh, emotional response delays. I don't know, like, I don't know, but there's no proof he actually was diagnosed with those things when he was originally in prison. Also, while he was in prison, he got a bunch of girlfriends. (laughs) Of course he did. Yeah. Like a ton. The cops called them the, um, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't remember. The cult of Nico or something. <laughs> but, they called him Nico. <laughs> yeah. No, like that's what the cops called him because they, he had all these women who were just committed to him. He got married while he was in prison. 
Oh. So he went to prison when he was 17. He probably was in detention centers before that. So he was probably in detention centers from 15 to 17, awaiting to be sentenced. And then he was in prison from 17 to 27 and came out of prison with a wife and a shit ton of girlfriends. Um, He was apparently like a really smooth talker and could convince women that he was special. I don't know. Most of his girlfriends referred to themselves as his wife. And I think... I don't. I imagine they didn't know about the other wives, but I don't. No, know. they thought they were the only one, and they were like, "Oh, this is my husband. He's so great, and <laughs> he's right. the best, and he's so handsome. And look at his face tattoos; they're so hot." Oh man! <laughs> oh, Jesus. he's so scary looking. Oh my god! Um, like if I saw this guy in the street, I would turn around. I would just be like, "Nope, sorry, I don't want to interact with that person." Uh, <sighs> You're so weird. I don't understand. This guy, man. Um, so he's released from prison on July 30th, 2013. And his family decides to throw him a prison release party. So Ooh. his family still is like, fuck yeah, you're so great. Yeah, Even though you threatened my life and did all this and you're a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah, you're getting out. There's a flowchart or family tree type. of his family and like seven of the people in his immediate family are felons oh yikes yeah so gives you an idea so they threw him a big party for his prison release they rented out like the banquet room at a hotel um oh that's so classy yeah so while they're at this party right after he gets released from prison either one of his cousins or one of his girlfriends gave him a shotgun to celebrate his freedom oh <laughs> that's just like the smartest thing that yeah. i ever heard like you do um, so congratulations sh- let's go shoot some shit yeah so sherry floyd was a 48 year old woman who had started dating jenkins when he was in prison she's 48 okay. he's 27 well there you go she's 21 years older than him that's six years older than he was when he got arrested <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, um, she he convinced her she needed to get a tattoo on her face to like show her yeah. commitment to him. Everyone needs oh, a tattoo no. on her face in his eyes. So she got a tattoo on her face. Um, and she that's a red flag. No tattoos on the face. No. <laughs> she got a word, and it's perniciousness. What the fuck does that word Permissious? mean? Perniciousness. It's like the longest word ever. How? I couldn't find a picture of her. That's such a long word. Do you get Where? it across your forehead? Like, I don't even know. She probably got it, like, on the, the, the outside of her face. Oh, um, probably. Like, like around the beard and forehead. Lined her face with it. Per- what does that word even mean? Perniciousness. She said it meant evil. The dictionary. Why don't you just fucking get evil on your face? Perniciousness. <laughs> it's twenty six letters. Seriously, it's so many letters. I like the word evil. It just needs to be <laughs> at least seven times longer. Perniciousness. <laughs> and no one knows what that word means. Yeah, right. Well, like, I want to explain it to everyone. Also, that ever sees me and has the balls to ask me what. Yeah, no one's means. asking you what your face tattoo means. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, avoid that person. <laughs> Perniciousness. I, I was like, that's not a real word. No. But it is. Um, I, I would think it's not. 
as well. It means deadly or wicked. So close enough, I guess. Wicked would have been a deadly, evil. I mean, <laughs> Any of those so would have been so much easier. Fucking perniciousness. I think we need a word of the day calendar. That's like a 15 letter word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over half of the alphabet. <laughs> she could have got deadly and wicked, and it would have been less letters <laughs> than perniciousness. No what in the <laughs> she got another tattoo for him that she says translates to I will die and kill for you. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so she's translate in Spanish? I don't know. It didn't say what the actual yeah. tattoo says. It just says that's what it translates to, so I don't know where or what that one actually says, but it translates to I will die and kill for you. <laughs> Oh, boy. So she's getting this for this little boy she's dating in prison. Hmm. Um, this lady, she's going through a midlife crisis. Yeah, like, she's got to be. Like, really? 48? Are you kidding me? Like, so, she's ruining her life. I don't know if he said they were Hispanic. I just assumed they would be they're, Spanish. They're um, African-American, mostly. Don't know why I assume Spanish. Um, taking a guess. Well, two of his victims were Hispanic, so probably from their names, because mm. I pronounced them with a real accent. Oh, yeah. Perhaps. I think they're mostly African-American, but okay. uh, she, Sherry Floyd, with her face tattoo, was at his prison release party, and... That's all her permissiousness. Permissiousness. <laughs> in the flesh. Oh uh, by the way, this is not in my story, but I read it. Um, they had sex in a shower at this party. Hmm. So that's neat. Cool. She was not his only <laughs> girlfriend there, and his wife was also there, just by the way. Um, but. Cool. So he probably had sex with like four people in that shower. At least. Like that really. same night. Uh, it's just like prison. He was. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> so anyway, she testified that she saw Jenkins' cousin hand him a gun at the party. But Lori Jenkins, Nico's mom, disagrees. And she says that Sherry is the one who gave him the gun. Nico's mom says that at the party, several of Nico's girlfriends attended, um, and the police call these women the cult of Nico. So Nico's cult, cult of Nico. Oh. Um, so when Sherry, yeah, because he had so many girlfriends. So when Sherry shows up with a gun as a gift, um, it pissed off Nico's wife, Shalonda, and... This is what his mom says happened. So his mom says, when he goes out the party with his wife and, like, some other girlfriends, Sherry shows up, the 48-year-old, with a gun, and she's like, hey, I got you a present. And this pissed off Shalonda. And so Shalonda was like, bitch, get out of here, or whatever. And Sherry's <laughs> like, um, Sherry gets upset and fights back, and she threatens the wife with the gun. According to Nico's mom, but Sherry, the 48-year-old, says that this never happened. She says she testified that she witnessed Nico's cousin give him the shotgun and that he handed him two shells at the same time. And he said one of the shells is good and one of them is not. Um, oh, so we're just going to play roulette and put him in that gun and have fun. Yeah, I don't even really know what that means, but it kind of comes into play later. I believe his cousin was ultimately found guilty for providing the weapon. So they apparently believed Sherry over Nico's mom. With reason that we'll get to in a minute, actually. But um, so July 30th, he's fresh out of prison. He's got big plans, according to Sherry, his 48-year-old girlfriend. Uh, he's going to move to Florida 
commit some robberies, get financially stable, you know, like you do. Like you do, yeah. And, get, on, get on top of your shit, you know. And then he's going to consider to move to Cuba and become a mixed martial arts fighter or join the military so he can fight against the U.S. Tough call, you know. Because, you know, Cuba and the U.S. fight Oh, okay, aggressively. so he's going to go to Cuba and do that. Yeah. Eleven days after he gets out of prison, he shot and killed Juan... Uribe Pena and Jorge Cajiga Ruizon. Um, Nico's cousin Christine and his sister Erica had met these two men at the club. They told them two men that they should go to this park so the women could perform sex acts on them. And while they were heading to the park, one of the women called Nico and was like, hey, at least one of these dudes has a thousand dollars on him. We're going to the park. So once they get to the park, they park their truck they park they park they get to the park they park the truck and nico comes out of the trees and shoots the two men in the head and kills them both and steals all their money a thousand dollars i bet there's no money in their pocket i don't know i couldn't find how much he got from this case there's so much information about this in this case but i couldn't find one place where all of it was put together so it literally like i was reading all these different articles that talked about either the trial or the sister or the cousin or Nico, but it, Nico killed four people. So it didn't really go into the details of like what he got from each of them. So I have no idea how much money he got off these two men that he killed, but he robbed them after murdering them. And his cousin and sister obviously helped. No permissiousness and no problems. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I can't even say the fucking word. <laughs> oh, man. That's such a weird fucking word. Why would so you want to get matching face tattoos, Amber? No. Well, I mean, if they're just like evil, they're, like <laughs> not permissive. <laughs> Wicked, deadly. Wicked. Oh, yeah. Right under the eyes. Huh. You could have got. Something wicked this way comes, and it would have been less letters than permissiveness. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay, so eight days later after he kills these two men. So he killed these guys 11 days after he got out of prison. 11 days. Uh, so that's like the six, six months. Does that make number six? No, I'm, I'm just giving more details about the first four that I oh, okay. I'm, I'm going back into. Okay. So, I gave you a rundown of who died, and now I'm giving the details of who killed. Okay. <laughs> I follow. Yeah. So, he only killed... Only. He killed four people. <laughs> only. Fucking slacker. <laughs> he may have killed more. Who knows, really? Um, yeah. he, he killed four people. Uh, so, 11 days after he gets out of prison, he kills the two men. Eight days after that, um, Curtis Bradford's body was found outside of a detached garage. He'd been shot twice. Curtis had been friends with Nico Jenkins. They met in prison, and when Nico got out, Curtis was already out, and so they met up and started hanging out. Um, the day before Curtis was killed, he even posted a picture of the two of them together on Facebook. Oh, man. Yeah. So Nico reaches out to Curtis, and he's like, hey, let's go commit a robbery together. <laughs> but he said, like, hit a lick or something. Um, but Hit a lick. I'm not comfortable saying that. So he said, hey, pal, let's go commit a robbery together. And Curtis was like, yes, sir. Um, so when Curtis shows up. Probably. Nick, probably. I mean, I'm guessing, but I'm thinking that's what happened. Verbatim. 
That was what was said. <laughs> this is one of our se- sillier episodes. <laughs> and we're talking about something really serious. <laughs> Perniciousness. Perniciousness. Um, that's going to be my new like meditation word. I'm going to... I'm trying really hard to remember the fucking word because it's, it's a new one. <laughs> it's a doozy. Okay. So Curtis shows up where Nico told him to meet him. And Nico's sister, Erica, who was two months pregnant, by the way, shoots Curtis. What the fuck is a pregnant woman doing shooting somebody? Nico then takes the gun away from her, and he's like, ah, you did it wrong. And he also Uh, shoots Curtis, killing him. Because apparently she didn't shoot him in the right spot to kill him quickly or something. Oh, goodness gracious. So Erica had planned the attack. She said that Curtis was part of a gang who had shot up her house, and she was really mad about it, so she wanted revenge. Um, After Nico shot Curtis the second time, she was really mad at him for taking her first kill. That's a quote. What the crap? Taking her first quill. Quill. Kill. The um, quill. <laughs> Does she have sweet face tattoos also? And we're done with the quill. The porcupine. <laughs> Fucking bitch. I was gonna write that word with that quill and feather. Write that letter. Um, she, I don't think she does have face tattoos. I actually did see a picture of her and she was like smiling in her mugshot like an asshole. Oh, she's only 22 years old, by the way. Well, she's an idiot. Yeah, she's a murderer. Um, so she proclaims her innocence, but when she's in court, multiple family members testify against her that she admitted to them that she was involved and did what she did. Good. She was sentenced to 40 to 60 years for two counts of robbery for her involvement in the murder of Jorge and Juan, where she got them to go to the place where Nico killed them. And then she was sentenced to life in prison plus 80 to 100 years for the murder of Curtis and plus weapons charges. Um, Oh, wow. And she was only 22 at the time. So that's what you get. You do stupid shit. Yeah, exactly. So that was fast forwarding a little ahead, saying what she got sentenced to. So... Three days after they kill Curtis, uh, they're still just running on the loose, trying to figure out how they're going to make enough money for him to go to Florida, you know, like he wants. Um, So Curtis, Nico, Erica, I'm sorry, not Curtis. Curtis died. He is not included in this group. So three days after the murder of Curtis, Nico, Erica, cousin Catherine, who helped lure the first two guys to the park, and then their uncle, Warren Levering, were driving around looking for a different car to steal. They'd been driving around in one of Nico's girlfriend's cars, and they thought it would be too easily tracked back to them. So they wanted to get a different car to drive while they started carjacking other people and stealing money. So there was a little Wayne concert in town, and they thought people with money would be in town to see the concert. And they were planning on carjacking rich people to get more money, I guess. I don't know. Oh, well, this is just like a complete family affair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was around 2 a.m. I think it's August 19th. So it's around 2 a.m. Andrea Kruger had just got off her shift bartending and she stopped to get some fast food. Unfortunately, she came in contact with these four horrible people. Uh, Nico and his uncle Warren jump out of their car, rush her car, pull her out of the driver's seat, throw her on the ground in the middle of the road, and she screamed, no, please don't. And Nico raised a 9mm rifle. Is it millimeter? Yeah, 9mm, yeah. Rifle's um, weird, but it could be, I guess. It very specifically is a rifle. Okay. Um, 
He raised a 9mm rifle and shot her four times. Jesus. She died in the middle of the street. Mm. So Why can't they just take her car and right? go? Like, just throw her on the ground. So the four of them speed off in the two different vehicles. But for some reason, about two hours later, they decide that her car isn't going to work because of the murder, I guess. I don't know. So Uncle Warren decides that he should burn it. So he abandons it in an alley and tries to light it on fire, but never really takes So he's too dumb to start a fire. <laughs> and um, when the police find the vehicle that night, it's smoky, but it's intact. And inside the car, they find an unspent deer slug. And... It's a really not common brand of deer slug for a shotgun. And so they were able to determine that only one local store sold that brand of slug. So they went to that store, they watched security footage, and they ID'd the woman in the video buying that deer slug as Nico's cousin, Christine, who is the cousin that's been involved in all these crimes, but who actually was not the person in the video. They misidentified her. Oh. Um... But it helped them out because they questioned her and everything kind of unraveled. But the person in the video actually buying the deer slug was Nico's mom. What the actual shit? Yeah. So his mom bought him bullets and eventually was sentenced to time in prison for it. But um, well, cause she probably knew what the heck was happening. Oh, yeah. His whole family's involved. It's insane. So Slug. Do you want to talk about us? What's a slug? Because it's confusing kind of. It, well, it's it's a sh- just a type of shotgun round. Like, that's all you need to say, like, if you don't want to go into it. But, but is it, like, the type that doesn't have BBs inside? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Instead of shot, like, a bunch of... It's just one big fucking bullet. So it's I- a bullet in a shotgun shell. It's scary. It's bigger oh, than wow. a half inch. It's bigger than a fifty caliber bullet. It's a half inch. It's, uh, I think they're about 60. I don't know for sure. Yeah. But one, one big bullet in a shotgun slug inside a shotgun in shotgun shell is what you call a slug so something that the 48 year old girlfriend had said on the stand in her recollection is that the two shells that he that the cousin gave nico one was good and one was not and somehow from her statement the police were able to confirm that one of these slugs was one of the ones that the cousin had given to nico at the party so it all is starting to tie together with that and Sherry, the 48-year-old, went to police pretty quickly. Sorry, what? said perniciousness lady. Yes, perniciousness <laughs> Sherry. Or sh- sh- Sherry? 48-year-old perniciousness. Um, she, that should be her name. Yeah, no, totally. So perniciousness had gone to the police at some point. I don't know if it was after all of the murders and after he'd already been arrested or if it was when she'd heard about the murders and knew he was involved. I don't know. She tries to claim now that she was scared and she told the cops and she's the reason he got caught, but that's not really true. Um, she did testify against the cousin and Nico in their traps. So near Andrea's body, um, the fourth victim on the road, they found part of a zipper to a knockoff Louis Vuitton bag. Or Louis Vuitton uh, bag that Nico was rumored to carry around his 9mm rifle in. And he carried his gun in a Louis Vuitton bag? A knockoff Louis Vuitton. Oh. And they found part of the zipper to his knockoff next to Andrea's body on the road. So later when they arrest him, they did find the knockoff bag and the gun with him in whatever residence he was staying on. It was like one of his sisters or cousins or something. He's one of like eight kids too. I don't know. There's a lot. Um, so 
On the gun that they found in the knockoff bag, the 9mm rifle, they found Andrea's blood, but they also found Curtis's blood, the third victim. But he was not shot with the 9mm. He was shot with a different gun. So the police believe that when Curtis came to meet up with Nico and Erica, that because they were going to commit a robbery together, so they think that they handed Curtis this unloaded 9mm gun and shot him with a different gun. So his blood got on the gun that he was holding, and then they took it and used it to commit another murder. It's <sighs> just terrible. So by the end of August, all of the people involved had been arrested. Nico was arrested on August 30th, 2013, which is my birthday. <laughs> so when Nico got questioned by police, he admitted to the killings um, at first, but he said that the Egyptian god Apophis told him he had to do it. Um, oh. So when he initially was arrested, there you can find the video online of him talking to the police in that first long interview. And he just is going on and on about how Apophis tells him what to do and he was protecting it. It was self-defense against those people. And he his story changes all over the place. Yeah, so Apophis is a snake-like Egyptian god that he tries to blame everything on for years to come. But then later on, he backtracks that and says he doesn't have any re- recollection of com- committing the crime or confessing to police, any of that. Um... While he's in prison, he filed a lawsuit against the state of Nebraska Hmm. for $24.5 million. Hmm. And he said that they wrongfully released him from prison and that the the deaths (laughs) he... his fault. Or their fault. Yes, the murders he committed were all the fault of correction officials. (laughs) Oh my god, what an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. You guys shouldn't have let me go and then those people would still be alive. I don't know. Give me $24.5 million. Got it. We won't ever let you go again. <laughs> what are you going to do Dumb with your $24.5 million while you're stuck in jail, you idiot? Because right. apparently we can't let you go because you're going to just go out and do some dumb shit and then sue us. Idiot. <laughs> you're a murderer. You're not getting released. He also acts as his own attorney through everything. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why not? He claims he has schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, and that he says the prison should have known and treated him for these conditions. But then anytime they're like, okay, we're going to put you on medication, he's like, no, I will not take any medication. So he's saying literally both of these things in like the same sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing on record about him being diagnosed with these things when he was previously in prison. But like I said earlier, he said that he was, but there's nothing to back it up. So at this point in time, the judge is like, okay, I'm ordering a psychiatric evaluation before we proceed with anything. So the psychiatrist at that point concludes that he has antisocial antisocial personality disorder, but he was faking all of his psychotic symptoms. So I think antisocial personality disorder is a lot like a sociopath. Like you just don't care about other people, basically. Pretty much like this guy. Yeah, exactly. But you know what you're doing is wrong and it's not. He was faking his psychotic symptoms. So he's declared he is. And... And the fact that he has so many girlfriends, I feel like, proves how manipulative he is. Yeah. Like, he's, like, trying to make certain people think he's crazy, but then he acts totally sane to all these women and just, like, smooshes them. And I don't know. So he's declared competent to stand trial and is representing himself. Oh, he thinks he's smart enough to represent himself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So through everything, he's decided he's going to represent himself. 
Good luck, man. So while he's on trial, he insists that everything he did is because of, pa- of Apophis, the Egyptian snake god. In the courtroom, he's speaking in tongues, he's howling, he's laughing at the prosecutors while they're recounting the details of the murders. Oh. Um, and during this time, like, between the hearings, so, like, he'd go back to the, his prison cell at night, and somehow he kept getting razors. They think other prisoners were, like, slipping razor blades under his cell door, and he kept carving more stuff into his face. So he, he already has all these black tattoos down, like, the left side of his face that say all sorts of words all over his neck, and then his right side of his face has red tattoos. But then he starts, like, carving stuff in his face as well. Hmm. So he has all these, like, scars oh. and stuff. The yep. first thing he tried to carve in his forehead was 666. Oh. But he did it in the mirror. Oh, no. <laughs> and it just looked up like a weird fucked up 999. <laughs> <laughs> like an upside down 999. Um, real smart. Yeah. And so he just kept, like, trying to delay his trial with this and to manipulate them and make them think that he was insane. And um, he carved Satan on his cheek. And then at one point he cut his tongue to make it look like a snake. Because, you know, Apophis is an Egyptian snake god. Oh. And at one point he tried to carve his penis into the shape of a snake. Oh my god. And I don't really get that. Because, like, how much more like a snake does it need to look? Yeah, I don't get that at all. Serpentine. Did he try to put eyes on it? Like, he can't change the shape. I don't know. Like, did he try to put scales on it? Like, I don't... It doesn't need to that change shape. way more painful than it needs to be. He had to have 27 stitches to his penis. He didn't... Oh, my God. This guy is retarded. Yeah. Um, so while he's in prison, he told the guards that he was doing all these things um, so he could use the insanity defense. But, like, it doesn't work as well when you're telling the guards oh. that's what you're doing. Right. I'm insane, so I'm carving my penis, yeah. and I'm carving my face. Well, I'm doing this so I get found insane, and I get to go to a mental hospital. And Check it out. Prison. My dick looks like a snake. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> it already did, bud. But uh, let's take you to the fucking... Let's go to the infirmary. Med board. Med board. Um, oh, my gosh. So he went from originally saying he was guilty... Changed his mind, said he was innocent, and he changed it back and said he was guilty again, and then he changed it and said he was insane, and that he should just be released because he is not competent. Oh, okay, so let me let me get this straight. You're not competent, so you should be released, but you're also suing the police for releasing you because they <laughs> made you kill four people when you got released. Yeah, but they should so, let you go again. Yeah. Now you want to be released again? And give you $24 million. I don't follow. No, it's a solid case. Yeah. Solid. So all of this obviously failed. Um, and so he was like, what? <laughs> so he was like, I'll plead guilty. Um, cause I'm not going to get a fair trial. So he had, he was representing himself, but he did have a public defender sitting there to like advise him if he had questions. Um, and he told them that he wanted to plead guilty and they told the judge and the judge is like, I can't accept his guilty plea because he's still saying that he's innocent. And saying that he's only pleading guilty because he thinks he's not going to get a fair trial. Like, I can't let him plead guilty legally. Yeah. yeah. So the judge let it be a plea of no contest um, against all the charges against him. So it's not saying guilty, but it's saying he doesn't contest the charges against him. 
Um, so that's what he plea pled. Um, but just like if you plead guilty and then, or you plead not guilty and go to trial, they're going to determine whether you are guilty or not. He waived his trial by jury and he just went to a trial with a judge and the judge found him guilty. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So he's found guilty of the charges and then it goes on to the death penalty phase because they're seeking the death penalty against him. But before sentencing, he was submitted to another mental hospital for more evaluation because obviously he's making people question his sanity. So yeah. He submitted to more evaluation. Most of the doctors that talked to him said that he was faking it um, and trying to get away with what he'd done. And he was just really manipulative. But there were like a couple doctors that said he was mentally incompetent to stand trial. Um, but ultimately, he was released from the mental ho- hospital and declared competent. Well, yeah, he was just smooching the ones that were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they just believed his act more than the other ones. But most yeah. of the doctors who talked to him were like, He's obviously faking it. Ultimately, he was released from mental, the mental hospital and declared competent. He was sentenced to death plus 450 years Ooh. for all of the charges against him in May of 2017. He filed an appeal to the Supreme Court. Well, it made it all the way to the Supreme Court. But on April 20th, 20th of 2020, they declined to even hear his appeal. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't waste my time. I was like, no, this guy's. No. Yeah. You're, you're good. No. You're guilty. Yeah. Um, his wife, Shalonda, officially divorced him in August of 2017. So they got married in 2010 when he was still in prison. And then when he got released, they spent four weeks together on the outside hmm. before he was arrested again and sent back to prison. And really, how much of that time were they even spending together? Because he was sleeping with other women, committing murders with all of his family members, and partying and stuff. So really like they never spent any time together on the outside. Also, she was pregnant with not his baby shortly after oh. he got arrested. So I don't know. She not his baby. Um she I saw an interview with her and she was really pretty. Um but she also had a face tattoo and I just can't get behind the face tattoo. She was crazy. I don't I don't know, but I just think face tattoos are a bad idea. But she was a really pretty lady and got sucked into his bullshit while he was in prison. I don't know. So they didn't get divorced until 2017. But since then, he's gotten engaged to another woman while behind bars. Yeah, of course he he has. recently got her name tattooed on his face. (laughs) What do you know? She was really unhappy about it. She Hmm. is a charity, and she works for a charity that advocates for death row inmates. And so she was working with this charity and got in contact with Nico and fell in love with him. Oh my god! But she was really upset when he tattooed. Also, I know, right? But she was really upset when he tattooed her name on her face, and she's still like kind of trying to deny that they're engaged, but has admitted it. There's so much information on this case, um, like on all the people involved. There's different articles about the cousin with the weapons charges, the sister. The other female cousin that helped lure the first two guys to the park, um, the mom, the ex-wife, there's so much stuff. So I definitely not included it all. So if anybody wants more details, definitely Google Nico Jensen or any of his family members and you'll get way more information than is easy to digest and put in like chronological order. Um <laughs> He's a monster, but basically everyone else in his life is a monster also. Like, he didn't have chance. Yeah. 
right? Like, sounds like it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're all pretty messed up. It sounds like Google his picture. I want you to see it while we're talking. No, I googled it and he's scary looking. He's so scary I, looking. I tried to enlarge the side where he like carved it himself. Like, his face just looks bad. Like, I don't understand why you would do that, but he's scary. Yeah. Like, some of his pictures are scary, and then other pictures, she's like, you're such an idiot. Why? And he's, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. He's so scary. Yeah, like, those, that's a lot of face tattoos. Okay, I saw a video interview with his ex-wife where she looked really pretty, but there's a mugshot of her where she doesn't look so pretty. But... Yeah, I saw her mugshot and she doesn't look very pretty, but like there's a snippet of one of her interviews and she does look like she is pretty. Yeah. So anyways, he's scary. Um, There is a short documentary about him on Amazon and it's free to watch if you have Prime, but it has a really low rating and it's not very good. So I wouldn't recommend that if you're going to want to hear more about him. You can go to YouTube and find better videos, but it's basically just a bunch of people who work in the system in Nebraska and about how the system failed him, basically, instead of about details about, like, what he did and what's going on with his trial or anything about him, really. So it's not great. I wouldn't recommend it. And that's the story of Nico Jenkins and his entire family. (laughs) I just can't get over all his face tattoos. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty good for being prison tats. Mm. I feel like the... I've seen some really good prison tattoos before. Really? Or... I've seen really bad. They lied to me. <laughs> I've never been to prison. But I was told... <laughs> I have been told. And I said, hey, where'd you get that tattoo? Prison. Maybe they're just being a fuckhead. I don't know. Well, I mean, his are all words. And I feel like when you have a word tattoo, the ink usually, like, spreads. And his kind of kept their shape and consistency, so... Yeah. yeah. You're going to get a tattoo and maybe consider going to prison for it. Is the other side of his face, like, scarred because of him and his, like, things that he did? Or So, the timeline seems weird with his face because the one side of his face has all the black ink and the other side yeah. has red tattoos. Oh, I thought they were just scars. No, there's red tattoos and then there's mm. scars also. And there's no great pictures of the scars, really. Yeah. Um, so there's tattoos and scars on, and there's probably scars on the black tattoo side of his face as well, but they're just harder to see, and the red tattoos look like scars, so it's hard to, hard to tell, but he's just got a lot of tattoos on his face, plus self-mutilation, and he's probably got a weird-looking dick. Oh, yeah, (laughs) and a weird-looking mouth and tongue. Yeah. Well, so that's Nebraska. Hmm. Don't hunt whales. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything you want to add? Mm, no. I didn't look up a joke this week. I, I didn't try it and there weren't any good ones. So I think we're going to skip it. Hmm. You got a good joke? Uh, a good joke or a joke like you tell? Because <laughs> I got a joke like you tell, but it ain't good. Let's hear it. It's my dad's favorite joke of all time. Okay. It's such a dad joke. What did the old dog say when they cut his tail off? I don't know what. Won't be long now. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you liked what we did, listen to the rest of our episodes. Like us, rate us, review us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. 
shoot us an email at crimecountrypod at gmail.com. Any of these things. Um, let us know what you think. Unless you hate us, then maybe don't. Um, thanks for <laughs> listening. Next week we'll be in Kansas. And we'll see you there. Thank you so much, both of you, for having me. Thanks for coming. I enjoyed our, our time together here. It was Nebra- fun. Nebraska. I enjoyed <laughs> our time in Nebraska. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Goodbye. That was so loud. That was so loud. You hurt your own ear. Ah. Goodbye now. Goodbye. 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 Bye. Bye. Barbie. Take your pick. This is goodbye. Goodbye is the pick from now. Bye. 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 Last night. My cycle bar ride was in sync versus Backstreet Boys. Ooh. Who won? They played that song. Well, most of the people like in sync. Yeah, because in sync's better. So I'm an in sync hashtag in sync fan too. In <laughs> <laughs> sync was better than Backstreet Boys. I think so. Mm, I don't know. Okay. <laughs>